Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today, finally, I have the one and only Mr. Ron Jones on the show with me. So stay with us. Do me a favor and share this out because you're going to want your friends and family to hear this story. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We're back. Let me bring Ron on with me here. Ron, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, it's good that we finally got to connect. I know. So um, it's it, it, it was my fault. We had to reschedule a couple of times because I was. Yeah. Anyway, it uh, there's Jennifer Moran. You know that woman, Jennifer? don't you? Yes, I know Jennifer. Yep. Yeah, Jen's awesome. So, yeah. so um, Ron is in the great state of Texas, and um, I know you have an unbelievable story, and I can't wait for you to share your story and your wisdom and everything with the the audience. So, so Ron, why don't we start with you telling everybody where you were born and raised? Yeah. So I was actually born in uh, California. I was born in a little town called Merced, California. Good morning, Jennifer. And um, I lived there till I was nine years old, actually, uh, from the time I was born to nine years old. I actually lived all the way from California to Florida and back to, to California wow. again. And um, that was when my uh, mom and dad were uh, together uh, and married. Uh, they divorced when I was probably about four or five. And uh, so I was raised by my mother and uh, uh, and my grandmother uh, till I was nine years old. And then my mother married uh, my stepdad, which uh, became my, my mentor, my friend, my father, uh, everything, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him. Wow. That's when, that's when we moved to Texas. And okay. so from uh, California, from California. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it was, it was quite a culture shock for me, even at nine years old, <laughs> you know, the very first thing that happened was, um, of course, you know, I started school, I was in the fourth grade and uh, they did a couple little tests, you know, to, to find out where I was, you know, as far as education wise. Yeah. And they soon found out that uh, since I didn't know my ABCs, and, you know, I, I, could, I could write my name out and stuff like that. But but that was basically it. In fourth grade. In fourth grade. Yeah. Wow. So, so they put me back in the third grade. And um, so, which turned out to be a great thing. I was able to make it up. I skipped my 
my junior year, thanks to uh, my high school sweetheart and my first wife. Um, she helped me through that process. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, I found out later on that I had uh, dyslexia. So, um, oh, which, really? Which was really, yeah, that was the, the issue. And wow. uh, so, hey, but I'm, I'm among a lot of great people. And so, uh, yeah. Some yeah. very famous people with with that. And yeah. So, so that's where I'm from, and okay. I consider myself to be a Texan because I've been here outside of through living in other places because of being in the military or and or during a job or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So so what part of Texas? Yeah, in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yeah, I okay. went. To, I went to high school. Uh, okay. It's considered to be the mid cities. So, yeah. Did you look at what, Dave? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is too funny. That is wow. Uh, Jen says so many rock stars with dyslexia. That's true. I've heard that. That's that's true. Um, she, Jen says she's dyslexic with numbers. So, so, so you went to high school and all that in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um, which uh, we, we, you and I had a conversation on the phone and you said that they are distinctively different <laughs> Dallas and Fort Worth. It's not one city. Um, although it, it kind of is now, but, um, so, so, you know, with, with the, um, where, I mean, did you end up going to college? Where, what, what happened after high school? Yeah, so uh, after high school, I, I knew college wasn't going to be in, in in the cards for me at that time. Anyway, I didn't at that time. I didn't think it was ever going to happen, and I went into the military. I went okay. into the Air Force, and um, while I was in the Air Force, you know, of course that that the dyslexia uh, surface, you know, of course it surface surfaced many times in my life but by that time even though i didn't know exactly what what the cause was or what the name was for it i knew that i had a problem with reading and so um uh i while i was in basic training uh i actually failed uh the test the first time and wow. uh so the uh, drill instructor put me with a guy that was uh, a few years older than me and at the time you know I was I was 18 years old and I was <laughs> and so a 26 year old is old to you when you're 18. Yes so they, put, they they put me with him and he helped me uh, the best he possibly could. I honestly think that I probably still felt it but they knew that I wanted it so bad uh and, and and so i i made it and then i wow. went to tech school um i was a dental lab technician and uh, a, de a dental lab technician in the air force yeah making dentures wow. and crown wow. bridges and stuff like that and and actually that was the first business that i owned after getting out of the military but um while i was in tech school you know even though i was having problems with the taking the test uh my dexterity kind of overrode that 
you know, so I was able to actually, because being a dental lab is almost like being an artist. And so it, there's a lot of sculpturing, even though it's micro, it's still sculpturing. And so I picked it up real quick. So they made it through that. And so, yeah. So going to college, uh, when I got out of the military, I started the dental lab. I actually had three, uh, by the time I was 25, uh, I owned three dental labs. Wow. It was very successful in that. And actually, you know, I got bored. And uh, so I got into the real estate business, as a lot of people did in the early 80s. And um, that, that took off. I mean, but I think anybody could have done it at that time. Yeah. You know, because it's a lot, it was a lot different than, than it is now. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than, today than it is, was then. In real estate, you mean? Yeah, in real yeah. estate. Yeah. 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 But I, but I got into it. I ended up um, having about 400 doors uh, and um, I owned a mortgage company. Uh, I owned a construction company and was making, you know, at that time, Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a month, and for a, a kid that you know was shining shoes when I, yeah. when I was in the first grade, you know, for my lunch money, uh, that was a lot of money, and sure. it's yeah. still a lot of money. That's a, I was going to say it's still <laughs> a lot of money. Wow! But I thought that you know the world was never going to come to an end, and uh, that that I really. I learned a lot of valuable lessons during that time. Yeah. I mean, too many to even really talk about, but I think the one thing that I, that I, first of all, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have somebody to look up to somebody to give me direction to help me with that. Uh, so it was no wonder that I was going to, um, you know, by the, yeah. by the age of 27, I was a millionaire, but by the age of 30, I was completely broke driving a $300 El Camino, uh, and divorce. You know what though? Those are some great cars. <laughs> yeah. Even though it was rusted out, it's really funny <laughs> because this is no kidding. So parts would fall off of that car and I would put them in the back of the El Camino. No You're like, this, this been, it's still running. This that must not be important. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish I could say I, I haven't been there, but I've been there. So, <laughs> so then, yeah. then um, I uh, decided that uh, you know, and of course, I got involved in 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 doing drugs and and drinking and thinking that that was going to solve my problems. I had two daughters that I still have today. And um, that I love more than, you know, if you're your yeah. father, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so um, I went to treatment. Uh, then Now, was, were you still married at that point? I was, uh, we were separated. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, she, and, and, and I have to say this, and I, you know, I, I, let anybody know this uh the the divorce was 100 percent 
in this case, it was 100% my fault. And she wanted to stay together. Uh, she did everything she possibly could for us to stay together. And I, and, and I'll tell you, this is a, this is, this is some wisdom for somebody if they're in this situation. Uh, don't ever find yourself in this situation where you think that someone is going to stay there no matter what. And because I was doing all the things that I wanted to do yeah. and, um, and always thinking that she would always be there and when, I, when I was ready to come back uh, until I found some other guy sitting on my couch. But uh, so that, that's, um, that's, that's an unpleasant experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's okay. Now they're, they're actually, they're married and they've been married for a lot of years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So still like the same dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She wanted to be married. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I hate it when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy for her. And, and, uh, you know, in my own special way, um, and, and my wife now knows this. I mean, I'm, I, uh, I, I, in only in a, in a way that uh, has to do with our daughters, uh, I still love her in a special way, you know, because uh -oh. she is the mother of my children. And so, That's you know, awesome. I, don't, I don't consider her to be an ex-wife. I mean, we're not friends. We don't hang out. Uh, we do see each other uh, at, you know, at my grandkids' birthday parties. And, you know, of course, when our daughters got married and stuff like so that. So they don't, they don't come over for Easter dinner or Thanksgiving? Or... No, that would be a little bit too weird for us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bringing the yams? <laughs> However, you know, I, I, I do feel like I probably, uh, and I think they would probably agree, the my my wife's uh, ex-husband i'm i'm uh friends with him and we every once in a while we'll have a beer together uh we don't wow. discuss their previous relationship but we yeah. talk business and stuff like that yeah but but yeah so that leading up to the college when i lost when i lost everything and then um I was only in that drug and alcohol period for a very short period of time. When I yeah. say short period of time, probably a couple of years. And I did go to treatment. Um, I, I, I did realize after uh, a few years that I, uh, I, I don't consider myself to be a recovering alcoholic or drug addict, uh, mainly because you know, it's just not, not a problem or an issue for me, yeah. but I did, I did go to, to school then to become a counselor. And, uh, and, and that's the greatest thing that ever happened for me. Um, it taught me some life lessons, you know, and I know a lot of people talk about how we don't need college and, and that's fine. Yeah. I, I agree in yeah. a lot, in a lot of situations for me, it, that's where I discovered that I had dyslexia. That's where I discovered, um, you know, that I wasn't going to be able to manipulate and control and, um, you know, 
the things that I had been doing my entire life. Um, uh, there was, I had some really good professors that really helped me and, and guided me. And I started getting that direction that I needed. So I was a counselor for about nine and a half years. Um, then uh, kind of wandered around a little bit. Uh, I actually went and spent. Hold, hold it, hold it. We, we went past that way too fast. You, you were a professor for nine and a half years. No, I was a counselor. Oh, counselor. I thought you said professor. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. No, I was a okay. counselor. Counselor. No. So yeah. counselor for nine and a half years. And this is after having, you said you had 400 doors, meaning you owned 400 different rental properties. Yes. Yeah, some of them, you know, single family, multifamily, single family, right, right. Fourplexes, fourplexes. Right. right. I, I owned blocks of, of literally blocks of property. Wow. And, and uh, in Fort Worth and anybody that knows Fort Worth and knows the hospital district, every time I, I go there with my wife uh, for a doctor's appointment, there's actually a doctor's office on property that I used to own. And it, wow. it, it really, it still nauseates me to this day every time I go to that doctor's office because I'm sitting in that office going, I used to own this property. Oh, my God. I wonder how much it's worth today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, I lost everything. So, and, right. And then you went to school. You became a counselor. You did that for about nine and a half years. Yeah. So that's got to put you at almost 40 years old then. Yes. After being a counselor. Yeah. 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 So, so after that, and, and, and I have to tell you, in nine and a half years, I burned out three times uh, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, it really is tough. It's a tough business. Uh, it's tough to listen to people. Uh, and hey, Wes, Wes is actually my tech and marketing guy. And he's phenomenal, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where were we? Because I, I, you, you, you did counseling for nine and a half years. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm burned out three times. Yeah. Oh, so you burned out during being a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I would go do different things. I mean, like one time, I mean, my daughters laugh about this. I mean, like one time, uh, I, I bought a tow truck and drove a tow truck for a while. <laughs> I know com something completely different, right? Wow. Another time I ran a bingo hall. Uh, oh, <laughs> what? A bingo hall? Is there money in that? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, yeah, I just kind of oh. drifted there for a little bit. <laughs> But here, here's something that happened. Uh, you know, I had somebody in my life uh, that, uh, and, and I do believe that there are people that are prophetic that that really they they do get messages from God. I mean, I, I and they're they're tuned into it. Yep. And I had this friend um, that came up to me one day and he said, hey, Ron, you know, I, I, I've been praying for you. I got this message and, you know, God told me to talk to you about your relationship with your father. And uh, this was, I was 39. 
almost 40. And wow. um, he and he said, you know, you need to have a relationship with your father. And I said, I do have a relationship with my father. And he said, no. He said, you're talking about, he said, there's, there's something else here. And he didn't know that my dad, because I consider my stepdad my dad, he is my dad to me. And that's all I ever told wow. him. I never even told him that he was my stepdad. And he said, no, there's something else. And I said, well, I have, I, I you know, I do have a stepdad and I have my father. He lives in Florida. And he said, that's it. He said, you need to have a relationship with him. With the real, with your, your biological with father. My biological father. Yeah. Wow. So, so I get on the phone one day. It took me about four or five months yeah. to get the courage to do that. And I called him up one day and his name is Ron Alls. Was Ron Alls. He passed away a few years ago. But um, I picked up the phone and, and this four cell phones. I picked the phone and said, uh, hey, Ron, this is your son, Ron. How you doing? <laughs> he said, I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, wow. I'm doing okay. And uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Driving a tow truck. But other than that. <laughs> yeah. I said, hey, um, I'd like to come out and see you. And he said, wow, yeah, of course, I'd love for you to come out and see you. And I ended up spending almost four months with him. And uh, so we... Uh, we laughed together, we cried together, we talked about things together, and, uh, you know, he apologized. He told me the reasons why that he was not a part of my life, which I always thought it was because he didn't love me or he didn't care. And in reality, one of the things, I'm getting emotional think about that, but um, the what? I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about that. Wow. Actually, That's So, right. so um, the, the real reason was, as he said, you know, I saw the relationship that you had with your stepdad. And he said, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt that. I didn't want to, to cause problems. And so, um, and, I have to tell you, during that four months, it was incredible. I would never want to do it again. He, uh, there was a reason why that my mom and dad divorced. Uh, he, he, very eccentric guy, uh, lived in a makeshift trailer, and um, it, yeah, and and dogs, cats chickens coming in and out of the house and 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 just in case ron white is watching there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> right? down by the river underneath the bridge <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so, so yeah uh, so um it was it was it was definitely a, a different time you know in, in that um, and I had never lived in an environment like that. And, and he's a very intelligent person. I mean, we were able to have some really intense uh, conversations uh, about life. And, and, and he read, he read, he was an avid reader. And 
he was a hermit. You know, he lived up in the mountains at one time in a van uh, with yeah. a dog. And he tells some really, you know, cool stories about that. And, um, but, you know, after about four months, uh, it, it was time for me to, to leave. Now, uh, so I have a question for you, though. So you were in Florida for those four months. Where yeah. was your family? They were you're talking about my daughters. Yeah, they were here in Texas. OK, yeah. OK, OK. Yeah. And and that that's the other part, you know, that uh, and, and my wife and I talk about this now. Uh, and and I as I was telling you, uh, I have a different kind of relationship with my daughters. Uh, it's uh, not good, not bad, uh, which in some cases I wished it were one or the other instead of indifferent. Uh, but they're living their lives. And so, um, but I love them still the same. Yeah. And uh, they, they have their, uh, one of them's divorced now, but has a grandson and one of my granddaughters. Yeah. And then my other daughter, my younger daughter, uh, is married to a wonderful guy. And I have two granddaughters and a grandson with him. But yeah, so I, I was pretty selfish. And um, yeah, I was, I was selfish before I got divorced. I was selfish after I got divorced. And, uh, you know, it was really all about me. Yeah. And I, um, you know, and, and I know, I know, Ken, you'll know what I'm talking about, you know, just because um, you saw problems in your life. You, you still sometimes have those activities yeah. or, and actions that you're still doing, yeah. you know, like for an alcoholic, you know, even though they're not drinking, that doesn't mean that they're becoming the best person they can possibly be. Right. They're still doing some of the same activities. That's the way I was. Yeah. And uh, I found myself in a situation where, um, and, and I'll, I'll, for sake of time, I'll, I'll condense it down. But um, I had gotten into a relationship with a girl um, and we had a son. And uh, I didn't realize he was my son until he was four. And uh, I actually had to file a paternity suit because she wasn't going to let me see him. And oh, wow. So I filed a paternity suit. Gosh, it was horrible. Uh, we went through, it, it was just a, a, a difficult, talking about difficult times. And, but um, I finally uh, gave up my parental rights at some point in that, not not because for me, but, but because of him. Yeah. And uh, that had to do with uh, an event that happened over one of the weekends when I had him. And he told me that he hated me, that my, that his mom hated me, that his dad hated me. And wow. that Monday I called my attorney and said, they win, I give. And uh, so um, wow. then, then we had this great thing that came along. And for some of the older people, uh, we, we had this thing that was called uh, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and, I'm, and, still, I'm still friends with Tom on MySpace. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> but, and, and Facebook. And yeah. so I, I was able to kind of keep up with him. Mm. And uh, so I kept at a distance. I kept my relationship with him. And how old were you back then? Gosh, when, when, oh, when she, when, when he was born. Yeah. Yeah. Was that around 40? Uh, uh, he, he was born in, um, 89. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it was so, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, uh, you know, I, when he turned eight, right before he turned 18, I went to an attorney and said, Hey, you know, I know I gave up my parental rights, but you know, is there any way I can get in contact with him? And they said, what they said was, is yeah, you can, you know, uh, yeah. but you know, I don't know that it's in your best interest to do that, but yeah, you can. And, you know, he said, because, you know, he's an adult, adults can meet each other. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, but I, I have to admit that I didn't have enough courage to actually reach out to him. And, um, uh, in 2009, um, I had an office, uh, in Arlington, which is right between Dallas and Fort Worth. And I was a regional manager and had a sales team yeah. and, um, had actually gone to Costco to get some supplies and my, uh, my dad, or, you know, my stepdad, which is my dad to me, calls me and he says, uh, he called me Ronnie. Uh, and he says, Ronnie, um, are you sitting down? And I was like, nah. And he said, well, I really need for you to sit down. And if you've ever been to Costco, you know, where they have the little tables. Yeah, yeah. So I actually sat down and he said um your son has passed away and he's taken his own life and i i i just didn't know i didn't know what to do i didn't know i, I was in total shock oh my god um and, and then when it kind of hit me all i could do is cry and uh so i i did that um and wow so i went home after finding that out and um so wow. the, the next day after that happened different people process things different ways right you know and so um i went actually i got up the next morning and i went to the office like i always did and I walked in the door and my admin, um, which is a phenomenal person, uh, she's, she's like a sister to me, even now, uh, years later. And, uh, <laughs> and she still sends me texts reminding me about stuff. No kidding. <laughs> Does she still work for you? No. <laughs> But she does. And awesome. uh, so I, I, need to, I need to tell her my birth date. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she, I walk in the door and she says, Ron, what are you doing here? And I said, I, I, I'm coming to work. And she said, no, you need to go home. 
And I said, no, you need to mind your own business and I'm, I'm going to work. And, mm. you know, and I was a recruiter. So, mm. um, <laughs> the people that were, and I did group and individual sessions uh, yeah. with people back then. And during that time, I feel sorry for the people that were in some of my different presentations that I was giving because I would go off on these tangents and talk about my son and talk about, you know, and, and there would be times that I would just start crying during the middle of the presentation. Yeah. And, and my admin, I call her Dacus. Her name's Mary Dacus and uh, Mary, I would, Dacus would have to walk in and, and actually take over and, uh, that went on for months. So I do, I feel sorry for some of the people that were having to, to deal with me. Wow. Uh, but over the course of time, and I can honestly say that, that, that was, that was the turning point for me in my life, you know, of all the things, uh, that I'd been through that they, they were nothing compared to that event that happened. And that was 2009, you said? Yeah, that was in 2009. I'm so sorry for your loss. Wow. Thanks. Um, so, but it, but it really changed my life in a positive way. And uh, because it made me realize, and I have a, a, a really good friend that says uh, that that God has a two by four just big enough to, to get you back in line. <laughs> right. And and I think that was a big two by four that that I needed. And hey, hey, coach, that's Skip Hall. Great guy. Oh, uh, and incredible. You need to have him on your show. Okay. So, so um, uh, but that two by four, what that the, the two by four side the head by God getting me back in line. Um, the way that it changed my life was to realize that life's that the world does not revolve around me. And uh, it was time for me to realize that, you know, we do need to, if we have people in our lives uh, that uh, we have issues with, we need to resolve those issues as quickly as we can, not necessarily for them, but for, the, for the, for yourself. And, uh, I can't say that I always do that. Um, you know, I can say that I had a, a business associate a few years ago, uh, that, that we parted ways, uh, and in, in, in a very significant way where uh, we were defriending each other on Facebook and yeah. disconnecting ourselves and, yeah. And, and there were people in his life that are still in both of our lives that are, it was almost like a divorce. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, we, we did not, and we still have not talked, but he had an event that happened to him. Uh, I, and I saw it on Facebook and he had an event that he almost died. And in one more time, it just brought back to me. And so, um, you know, I posted something on Facebook that just said, Hey, um, letting him know that I was praying for him and, and that I did care about him. And, 
you know, because those are those, that's more important than money. Uh, you know, true friendship is yeah. important than anything. Yeah. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that it helped me to understand. Um, you know, I uh, it, it, it's helped me to to be a better uh, what my, my grandchildren call me Pawpaw. And uh, it's made me a better Pawpaw because yeah. of that that event that happened with my son and um, because when when I go to events for them, I mean, because I, I can tell you that, yes, I went to some of the events that my my children had and, you know, I'd go to their softball games on occasion, on occasion. I did right. all of them, right. uh, but I, you know, I took them on trips, you know, I was kind of kind of that dad and I took them to Europe. I took them to Disney World three or four times. You know, I, I did those kinds of things. But even during those events, I wasn't really there and I wasn't really with them. And that's why I don't blame them for uh, uh, their their lack of participation in my life now. Yeah, because I really wasn't there for them. Even when we were together, I wasn't there with them. Yeah. And so what what that taught me with my son was, is that when you're with somebody, be with them. Right. Right. You know, when 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 I'm at the football game uh, for my grandson, Henry, his birthday's tomorrow, he'll be 14, starting high school next year. Um, he was a lifesaver, by the way, uh, for me um, in, in my book was was a collaboration with Vic Johnson. Uh, I talk about a grant rocking my grandson, and that's the grandson that I'm talking about. He was a lifesaver during that time for me. Well, happy early birthday, Henry. Oh, yeah. He's on Facebook, too, and I did tag him. Maybe oh, that's him. awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's helped me to, you know, when I'm at, at, a, at a basketball game with my grandchildren or a football game or, or, or just being at the house, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I am a workaholic. I spend most of my time in this little bubble that I'm in right now. Yeah. And, uh, but I, when, you know, yesterday, two of our grandchildren came over um, and I had, had a lot of work to get done. And so I did my work, but, but I, I took about 15 minutes. They were in the next room and they were playing some, xbox or one, one yeah. of, i don't know but some and they were playing basketball you know virtual yeah. basketball and i went in and sat down for about 10 or 15 minutes and that's something that i would have never done before before that yeah. and it's just but it is taking taking that extra time uh and being present and being there for them wow so, Wow. 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 How do I unpack all of that? So, so, um, your son that, that, that passed away, um, you didn't, but you didn't really have a, a relationship with him at the time. Right. Right. Um, 
Wow. And, 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 you know, that creates, that created problems too. Yeah. Because I felt guilty about feeling guilty because yeah. I didn't have a relationship with him. So when that happened, I still felt the emotions, but yet I didn't feel like I had the, the right to have those emotions. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I know, you know, it, it's like telling somebody they shouldn't feel something, you know, or they shouldn't feel that way. Well, it's not somebody's right to tell you that. Right. Right. But, but I was still feeling that within myself, sure. you know, I was sure. like, you didn't have really have a relationship with him. And so I had to undo that. I had to process through that and just say, Hey, you know, life is what it is. That's the way that it happened. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I dated a, and my wife knows this, I dated a, a world renowned psychotherapist and she had a, a thing on her, her refrigerator, this little, little magnetic thing that said, guilt is a useless human emotion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, it, it really, I, I think that we are so good at beating ourselves up over things that, that, you know, sometimes we have no, no control over, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, there are circumstances that, so, you know, I, I can tell just from the one or two conversations we've had on the phone, maybe three or four. Um, and, and the, I mean, you're a good dude, your heart's in the right place. So, um, like, so you, you went, you've gone through a lot. Um, and there's my wife right now. Um, so you've gone through a lot of, of stuff. Boy, our, our stories are, there's a lot of parallels. My Lord have mercy. There are. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah. We so, so, but you, I know you've also, you know, you've, you've written a, with a book with Kyle Wilson, who, yep. for those that don't know who Kyle is, he was Jim Rohn's business partner for 18 years. He actually owned Jim Rohn International. Yeah. Hold that up again. Let me give you full screen. Um, so life defining moments from bold thought leaders. There's, there it is right there. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. And anybody that wants, wants a copy of that, um, they can reach out to me, um, which is my personal email address is probably best. Which wow. It's rjones08 at att.net. Uh, just, just tell me that you want one of the books. I'll sign it. I'll give you both books, actually. I'll send them to you. For free? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Why not? How do you make money giving stuff away for free, Ron? <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> hey, that's the best advertisement you can do. Oh, that's so funny. But so, uh, so, yeah. so you, you, the, the, the big life changing moment slash event happened in 2009, which really isn't that long ago. It is, but it isn't. Right. Um, and, and you, um, what changed like with you? I know that being more present with your, your grandkids and, 
mm-hmm. um, you know, all of that. But what what do you feel like changed in your business life too? Where did things go for you from there? And we already have somebody that would love to accept your gift. So I'll I'll put your email address in a in a a banner. Is there a website that we can send them to? You, you can. You can send them to let's see here. What's the best one? You can send them to R L Virtual. Virtual? That, yes, that's Robert Larry Virtual Recruiting.com. RLVirtualRecruiting.com. And they can get in touch with you from there as well? Yeah. You can actually get on my calendar. Is that it right there? RL Virtual Recruit. Ah, did I spell it wrong? I think I spelled it wrong. No? Yeah, you left out the I. Recruit. Oh, R-U-I. I knew I spelled it wrong. I'll get it. That's um, and, and and I'm not. I can't use well, dyslexia well, as a reason. While you're typing, I'll I'll answer your question. How, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. So that, that's it. So uh, how it's changed in my business? I I think you would probably uh, you'd you'd almost have to ask them. But uh, right now, I of course we're a 100% virtual company. Uh, we love being virtual. Uh, I I actually had presidents of insurance companies calling me at right after the pandemic because I had I had gone virtual uh, since 2016. Yeah. So um, when this happened, this kind of rocked their world. I mean, this this changed and it changed the insurance industry. It changed a lot of industries, but it definitely yeah. changed the insurance industry, you know, because People weren't able to go into people's homes. They there were people that, you know, if it was business to business where they weren't able to go into the businesses, or if they were able to go into the businesses, the people were working virtually, and so they had to look for new models. And uh, but so we've been virtual. I actually have two people that work with me. I have uh, Joe Hausman uh, that's up in uh, South Dakota. Uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, mm-hmm. and um, uh, she she's incredible uh, to work with. And then, of course, Wes came on a little bit earlier, yeah. and he's the marketing and tech guru. I mean, he truly is. He's phenomenal mm-hmm. at what he does. And, um, you know, I, I would hope that they would say that um, – you know, most of the time, uh, I'm sure I have my moments, but I think even in difficult times and difficult situations, uh, I do everything in my power to give, make sure that I'm upholding people's integrity, uh, uh, that they feel like that they um, are worth something. And um, so that and that's different for me. I mean, I'll tell you a really, really quick story here um, to to contrast what I'm talking about. So when when I had made my first million uh, when I was in my 20s. Yeah. I took my dad with me, my stepdad, but I took my dad with me to look at limousines. And um, 
I didn't need a limousine. Limousine <laughs> for what? I know. I thought to, I to, dri to drive you around. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I, told, I told you. I told you I was an egomaniac. <laughs> It was horrible. I, but I can so relate to that. Oh my gosh. So, I still want a limo. So so I I took my dad with me and and my dad pulled me aside and he said, Hey Ronnie, you know, why are you doing this? He said, Why don't why don't you take some of that money that you're making and, and put it back? He said, Because you know, things aren't necessarily gonna be the way that things are right now. Yeah. And um so, and I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, you know, and, and, and I'm not very proud of what I'm about to say. In fact, I, but I'm trying to prove a point here. Yeah. Uh, and I was in a meeting a couple of days later with some of my partners and I was laughing at my dad and I was saying, you know, here's here's a guy, you know, he's an aircraft mechanic, you know, he's never done anything except for being a mechanic. And he's telling me how to run my business. And that's just the kind of person that I was. And so to go from that yeah. to now, you know, I, I think, you know, w when I die, I hope that people see me for who I am now and not what I was then. And uh, so the people that I work with, it, it definitely affects my business. Um, I, I think I'm a kinder, more gentle person that I can possibly be. My wife might tell you a little bit different, but occasion. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Those wives and the truth. I know I still have my <laughs> moments. I'm definitely not a saint. I can assure you. You know, I, you remind me though of a um, a client of mine has this. Um, I'll never forget this. A former client of mine has this sign that was hanging in his office. This dentist, um, it was hanging in his private office, and it said, "You're either living a life of humility or you're headed for one." Ooh, is that powerful, man, or what? Powerful. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. God has a and and you can call it God, or you can just call it life. But arrogance and 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 um, egomaniacism just is not sustainable, <laughs> like long term. Yeah. I, I and I I'm not judging. I've been there. I I trust me. I know. <laughs> I've been limo shopping too. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I know. Yeah, I, I think you know, and, and I want to. I want to address something that you said about that that psychotherapist that you dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hers that she had. I, I think one of the the most evil emotions uh, that there is is truly uh, indifference. You know, so you know you can treat people bad or you can treat people well. Yeah, but sometimes and most of the time if you really want to hurt somebody just be indifferent that's right and and hopefully i'm that you know i i want to be passionate about what it is that i do and the people that i work with and give them their just credit and the things that they do that they do very well 
Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So when did you decide to write these books? Yeah. So I've got one more book that'll be coming out uh, in a few months. Um, and yeah, Kyle doesn't know that yet, but he, he might He's now. probably be. watching. He's probably hey, watching. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's been written for a while now. Uh, and um, it's called Discover the Superhero Within. Your superhero, your superhero within, um, and it and it discusses a lot of these things. It's it's not an autobiography. It's more of a, a of what I would consider to be a help book uh, for people. But uh, we have that book, and then yes, I've I'm I've been in life defining moments uh, yeah. with some incredible people. By the way, I mean truly yeah. incredible people. Uh, you know, Dewey Scruggs, seven time Emmy winning. Uh, Spornsaker, uh, another person is very special to me. He passed away. Uh, uh, Bob Helms, he was the godfather mm. of real estate, yeah. um, and uh, he's in this book, which which is a real cool story. I, I just want to share about that. I was sitting next to him, uh, Bob Helms, and probably the last time that I saw him, and I had given him uh, the unedited version of my book and mm. he sat next to me and cried and wow. he said ron you've got to get this book out and uh that's the last thing that bob said to me so wow that means a whole lot uh but you know of course kyle tells his story in here james melanchuk's in here another really good friend of mine and i'll, I'll be totally i'm, I'm totally indebted to this guy. Uh, he, I, from a business standpoint, I wouldn't be where I am today without many of the people that I've already mentioned, but yeah. one of them, uh, that's been an incredible inspiration and a, and a great mentor, uh, is, uh, Bob Crockett. And he's in this book as well. Wow. Uh, Hey, uh, Colonel Tim Cole, yeah. I don't know if you've had him on your, your show yet. He was actually, uh, one of the people for uh, Obama's inauguration uh, to organize uh, the inauguration, just wow. an incredible guy. So he's in this book and many, many others. And if I missed you, I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and 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 the other one, which is with Dick Johnson, has some incredible people. Hold, hold that. Hold that up again. Rest if you must, but don't. That's one of my favorite poems, by the way. Isn't it incredible? It's it's one of my it's it 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 saw me through, and I think I originally heard it from Zig Ziglar, maybe, but yeah, it, it's incredible. Yeah, and it's got some incredible stories, and both of them have incredible stories. That's why I really like being in books, uh, yeah. and I. Well, uh, I won't. I won't say that. But um, <laughs> it, it, it is incredible uh, to to be in books with so, some just phenomenal people, uh, yeah. and and uh, Dick Johnson uh, is a master at that. And of course, we know that Kyle Wilson is big the, time. the ultimate in big time making sure to give you give you social proof and give you presence. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be here without, without Kyle. 
Kyle actually, um, after he came out of his non-compete, after selling his company, General International, I was, uh, we'd have to ask him, but I think I was his third or fourth client after coming out of his. Wow. So he's been a total. Kyle's amazing. Yeah. Like people completely don't. Changed yeah. Completely what's, changed my life. What's that? It, it complete. He's completely changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle's Kyle's an amazing human being. So you've got another book coming out in a few months and, and everybody can go to rlvirtualrecruiting.com and, and I'm, I'm going to assume that all of your social media links are on there. Um, Probably not like they're supposed to be. But, but for people to, to follow you and, and um, you're on Facebook, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. Are, are you on Instagram? Yep. Okay. So, um, man, I, I, what, what a powerful story. And there's so much more that you have left to do. No, thanks. So much more you have left to do. I'm so grateful for you, man. Is there any, anything else that you want to share with the audience? Well, um, I do, I do have a couple of questions for you. Okay. Well, we, I think unless, unless we go over on time, I don't, it's, there's no time limit. It's my show and it's the internet. We'll go all day if we want. All right, cool. All right. I like it. So that we're not, go, go ahead and shoot, ask a question. So, you know, I always ask a couple of questions. Um, this one's gonna, this one's gonna be tough, man, on you. I, I, and I don't mean it's, but I always ask this question. Um, you know, a friend of mine, runs the Ohio suicide hotline for the whole, for the whole state. And during the pandemic, especially, um, man, their numbers skyrocketed with phone calls and, and, and all of that. And, um, you know, I think that we've all been there. I, I, I remember Ron, my, my wife and I opened up our first office back we met in in 2008 <clears throat> we opened up our first office and and one and i had a handful of employees and one day this big old boy that worked for me comes walking in i'm on a phone call and he says hey uh boss there's 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 some dude out in the parking lot looking in the windows of your suv and i'm like I'm on the phone. Tell him to get the hell out of here, man. Kick his, I mean, kick his ass. I well, like you bigger than me, man. What are you telling me? He's like, he's got it blocked with his tow truck. I'm like, oh God, no. So I go out, and I don't know if you've ever tried to talk a repo man out of repoing <laughs> your car, <laughs> but it's never effective. And <laughs> at least it wasn't this time. And and so. Here I am standing in the parking lot with my employees at my new office, watching my car get towed away. And it was the most humiliating moment of my life. And there was a moment I stood there thinking, what's the point of going on? What is the point of, of like, this is, this is crazy. I'm, I'm the, the pain I was feeling in that moment was unbearable. So my question is, 
for those people who may be watching this, Ron, that, that feel like there's that they're, they've tried everything, they've given everything that they know how to give, um, and there's no hope left for them. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them to help them? Because you and I know that's temporary, but mm-hmm. what do you say to them to, to get them to the next moment? Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, which, by the way, I no, I haven't ever had a car repoed, but I did take a Mercedes back to the Mercedes dealership that actually I had leased. And uh, I went in and handed them the keys and they said, uh, <laughs> can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm dropping this off. And they're like, well, the service door was over here. I go, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm dropping it off. Right. I mean, I couldn't even serve. I couldn't even afford to have the service. So right, right. I'm like, no, I'm dropping it off. I'm leaving it with you, and and they go, you can't do that. And I go, watch me. Right, right. <laughs> and it was funny watching this guy with these with my keys. Yeah. Trying to, trying to hand them to me and put them in one of my pockets or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, and so, know. so that's a close <laughs> repo, but no, I, I, you know, I, I think that when you're somebody, if they were to come to me and say, Hey, this is, this is it. Um, I, because I have found myself and, and I know we don't have a whole lot of time to go into this, but you know, I, I do uh, have bouts of depression and, and anxiety sure. at times. And, and uh, there was a time not too long ago that my wife and I were in the car and um, she, uh, and we were having a discussion. It really wasn't an argument. But, but it was a discussion. Uh, so I guess it was a cross between a discussion and an argument, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But anyway, I was telling her, and finally, I, I, just, I just said, stop and listen to me for just a second. I said, you know, understand, I'm at a place right now that if, and understand things are going great in my life, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And, but I said, you know, there's not very many things right now at this very moment that's keeping me alive. And I said, you know, and I, and I was, I was a little bit mean, you know, and I did have to go back and apologize to her and said, you're not keeping me alive. My kids aren't keeping me alive. I, nobody's keeping me alive right now, except the legacy that I would leave to my grandchildren. I know that it would affect their lives. And because I know how they feel about me, or at least I know how I feel about them. And I said, they're what's keeping me alive right now. And so I guess I would tell somebody that that was thinking about something like that. And by the way, I always wear this because, um, Hold that up again. Yeah. So yeah. that's my that's my trigger finger actually 
I, I shoot a gun left-handed, but but still, that's my trigger finger. Yeah. Um, and and that's because you know uh, every, every minute of the day, two veterans commit suicide, and so um, I admit that's Terrible. a tremendous tragedy. Uh, and so we all have something to give. Yeah. So and it's again, but it's really hard when when you're going through something and you're having those thoughts. Again, it's almost try, like trying to tell somebody how to feel. You can't do that. Um, but just letting them know. Yeah, this is temporary. It will change. I assure you, it will change. Yeah, yeah. And and, and and that change sometimes it's going to get a little bit worse. Yeah. But, but ultimately, you know, you do the things in life that we're designed to do. You will come out of it. I I, I totally agree. You you know I. <clears throat> If there was a handbook on how to like really screw everything up in life, I could have written most of that. Like I, I like everything. And, and, but yet I know that if you just keep showing up, eventually things change. Yeah. And I've been there, man. I bought the t-shirt. I wore it out, bought another t-shirt, wore that one out. I I've been there. So it, uh, if this too shall pass, man. That's one of my favorite sayings too. So, so let me ask you this. Um, final question is, what do you think, in your opinion, stops people? It's a two-part thing. Stops people from from achieving real financial success mm -hmm. and real freedom and happiness in life. And Ron, I do believe those two things are related because I've been broke and I've been wealthy and wealthy is better. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I think in, in you're absolutely right because I have been without <laughs> yeah. and, and miserable yeah. uh, and, and I've had money and been miserable. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, I have to admit that any, during the times that I've had, uh, money and, and abundance, um, yeah, definitely beats the, that, that other, other way yep. by a long, long shot, yeah. but, but for people to have, you know, and wealth means different things to different people because it's not just money. But um, it does take work. I mean, you you have to have a good work ethic. I think the thing that's helped me to be successful up to this point is, uh, and, and I don't mind saying, you know, in in a couple of months, I'll be 64 years old. Hopefully, I don't look that old, but I am. And um, I can say that literally I've worked my entire air life. Yeah. And um, it's that work ethic that, you know, regardless of what, what just like, you know, me showing up the next day after yeah. my son, you know, took his life. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's the best thing. That was the best thing for me to do because it probably wasn't. But you, mentioned, 
you yeah. mentioned it a moment ago, you know, you got to show up. I mean, and you, and, and you have to, you, you have to participate. You have to, to create your value. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're receiving a paycheck from somebody, give extra, you know, if they ask you to do something, give more. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're working on a project, do extra, do more, yeah. uh, do just a little bit more than what you think somebody else is going to do. Yeah. And if you continue to do that, you eventually, I mean, the way the universe works, eventually it's going to catch up yeah. and yeah. good things will happen if you continually put your all into something Amen. or, or somebody. Amen. Amen. I agree. Ron, you're an amazing human being. And I'm so grateful to number one, call you a friend. Number two, to have had you on the show and, and you sharing your heart and, and passion and transparency. And um, I guarantee that you've helped some people today on that have watched and and those that um, watch the replay, or if you're currently watching, share this out so that um, Ron's message of, of um, getting his rear end kicked in life, but yet still coming out with a smile and, and, yeah. and being a good person, man. I, I, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I, yeah. I, I am humbled and honored. I mean, it, it means a whole lot because I know you've had... Uh, you, you have incredible people on your show. And I just had another one, you. Oh, thank, so thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and so everybody that has watched, thank you so much for being here. Please share this out. And Ron, thank you again so much. I appreciate it. Everything. It's, it's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And, and everybody... Have an awesome day, and we will see you tomorrow. Go sh make sure you go to rlvirtualrecruiting.com. Ron offered to send you – hold your books up again, Ron. Ron offered to send you both copies for free, both copies of that book, those yeah. books. So, um, And I have them, and they're phenomenal. So make sure you reach out to him and, and take him up on that. Ron, you're awesome. Thank you. Everybody have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.